Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Tina Wells is the author of The Elevation Approach, Harness the Power of Work-Life Harmony to Unlock Your Creativity, Cultivate Joy, and Reach Your Biggest Goals. Tina is the founder of Relevant Media, RLVNT Media, a multimedia content venture that brings culture shifting storytelling and beloved products to market through innovative partnerships. Tina has been recognized by Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People in Business, Essences, 40 Under 40, Cosmopolitan's Fun Fearless Phenom, and more. She's the author of 10 books, including the middle grade novel, Honest June, the best-selling tween fiction series, Mackenzie Blue, its spinoff series, The Z Files, and the marketing handbook, Chasing Youth Culture and Getting It Right. 
Welcome, Tina. Thanks for coming back on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It's time to discuss The Elevation Approach, your latest book, which has been so helpful for me already. <laughs> Thank you, Zibby. I'm always happy to be here and talk about books. <laughs> oh, and I had so much fun with you at our retreat. That was so great that you came down to Charleston. The best, the best. And I read Jure's book, which was so good. Really oh fun. <laughs> it was fun. And I, it was so fun to be around so many people who love reading books. Like I've never been on a retreat with readers actually. And it just kind of filled me up to go back and write more in a way I wasn't prepared for. So thank you. That was such a cool opportunity. Oh, sure. No, it is nice being around people and knowing that it's not just numbers. It's not just like hopes and like the reader, it's actual people standing Mm. in front of you reading. But so that's nice. Yeah. Okay. You, in addition to the 8 million things you also do and have done with your career and your children's book series, which is like all over the place and everything else, you've taken the time out of your post-burnout life to devise an entire program for the rest of us to help us through (laughs) not work-life balance to achieve work-life harmony. So tell, tell everybody a little bit more about this. Yeah. So I, you know, the elevation approach is something I developed really to help me. And, you know, (laughs) also my friends, I was, I was, you know, at coffee with a friend and I was talking about my many children's books that, that were forthcoming. And she said, oh my goodness, I wish I could get this idea out of my head and onto paper. I just don't know where to start. And, you know, like most good girlfriends, right? We love to solve problems. And it got me thinking about how I was able to do it and what changed for me. And obviously I write in my book about burning out at 27. You know, I started my first company at 16. And so I really start to think about this idea, especially going through a pandemic, you know, what would it mean to live in harmony, not seek balance? And then how would you bring things to fruition? And so those were like the two big thoughts that came together when I created the Elevation Approach. And It's an approach that has four phases or stages, whatever you want to call it. I like to call them seasons. And it starts with like two seasons that I think we're all used to. And the two that led to my burnout are preparation and inspiration, right? So preparation is the idea that you, we all do the legwork to see if our idea is feasible. And then in the inspiration phase, we like go socialize it, right? We meet people, we talk about it. And I think many of us are very good at those two things. And what I found was that I was in a constant cycle of preparation and inspiration. And so I would prep an idea, go get super fired up, do more work, and I just wasn't getting anything done. And what I finally figured out I needed was recreation. And recreation led to the fourth phase, which is transformation. And I was actually getting things done when I would take a little pause. And so I don't know how many of your listeners are like type A like me, but the idea that I should pause and not just keep hustling or grinding was incredibly foreign. And I remember I write about this in the book, getting called out when I was like at a retreat in Utah, right? So for many of you, it's like, that's epic relaxation supposedly, right? And I was called out for, you know, my exercise still living, leaving me incredibly stressed and anxious. And so I thought I developed this like cheat method, you know, that I was going to like work out really hard and do these things and none of that was helping. And so now I feel like I do way more than I did before, but with so much ease. And I really do feel like I have found a way to achieve work-life harmony. It doesn't mean I'm always in that state, but 
If I'm not, I know how to get myself back there. I know how to kind of pull a tool out of my toolbox. And I've definitely found that this is a much easier way to live and thrive. Wow. Of course, you just like made up the framework. Of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) So part of it is a SMART method of goal setting, basically. I can't remember what they all stand for, but basically that you have to have specific, actionable, measurable goals, right? I don't know. Measurable, actionable. What are they? Not systemic. What would the S be? Specific. 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 What's the R? Uh, I should know. Timely, it. timely. R in is my planner. Yes, planet. <laughs> yeah, workshop in my planner. <laughs> uh, so I should know this. But again, all the tools, right? As we talk about, like I have many different tools in the framework, and I don't use all of the tools, mm-hmm. right? Like for me, um, creating rituals is the most important tool for me because I'm someone who lives so much of my life like not at home in my environment. So I found that I have to have rituals to help me sustain mm-hmm. where for someone else, it could be like a smart goals framework or, you know, building a tribe of, of friends that, yes. that trustworthy, like everybody is going to find that two or three things in these different principles stick out as things you really need to do. And for many people, it's like, I, I have a lot of ideas. Maybe they need a smart goals framework to really make sure that they can track with that. Interesting. So I just gave myself this goal this weekend, which was to do 10. I bought like a 10 pack of workout classes and they expire in 45 days. So I'm like, okay, I have 45 days to do 10 classes, which is ambitious to be honest, because I haven't worked out 10 times in like the last 10 years. No, not 10 years, 10 months. But then I was like, oh, I just did exactly what Tina was saying, right? It's It has a time thing. It's specific as opposed to all the other times where I'm like, I should work out. Like that's so vague. You know? Yeah, exactly. And you give it well, and that I think speaks to the bigger point, which is like probably number one on my list, which is accountability. You know, that's why when I talk about the principle around knowing your numbers, I'm not just talking about finances. I think so many of us, when we are in like business creation mode, it's all about numbers, numbers, numbers financially. But when I talk about knowing your numbers, you know, for me, Every morning, like I wear my aura ring every day. I want to know my readiness score. I want to know how much I've slept, right? So how ready am I for the day ahead? Um, you know, and I have different, like looking at my calendar. Have I seen my friends this month? Like I have certain things that are like, if I'm not feeling quite myself. I can look at some numbers I'm accountable to and say, this is why, right? So for you with the working out, I've also found like things have to make sense to me. Like I'm not a big believer in just go with it. Like I need, like even when I decided recreation was part of the elevation approach, I measured it. And I measured like how effective and efficient I was after I had a moment of rest. I was like, oh, I'm like five times, you know, better Mm -hmm. crushing it and getting to the finish line when I take a pause. And when I just go straight through, okay, now I need to take a pause. It wasn't natural, but you're going to have to find the same with like those classes, right? Where you're like, but why? What's the accountability? Like, what am I measuring after? Do I feel better? Am I presenting better to my team and my family? Because if you can't figure out why, you know, you're you're just not going to do it anymore. You're going to say, well, that's nice, but it's a nice to have, not a must have. Interesting. Oh, well, no, I had a lot of fun. See? Yeah. (laughs) And I never, I know it was so fun, selfish, but fun. You also have a whole ledger for your relationships, which I also found fascinating. Tell me about that and why it's important for us to keep a ledger of some of the things we're getting from our friends and our tribes. And so I think for all of us, and if your audience is primarily women, I would say busy women, like 
whatever stage you're in, if you're raising children, some of us are, you know, starting to take care of aging parents, right? Like we are incredibly busy and we don't have more time, right? The most important thing, I would say even more important than managing your budget, right? Because you can always make more money. You can't make more time is how you spend your time and with whom you're spending that time. And so I found a few years ago that when I kept thinking I didn't have time to do the things I wanted to do, what I realized was I was living on other people's timetables of where I had to be and what I had to do. And I had to go to this event and I had to do this. And I'm sure many of us felt that way before the pandemic, right? Like we were always obligated to do something on somebody else's calendar for ourselves. And then you went to a place where you didn't do anything and you're home, right? With your your friends, your family, And then you had to get back into it. And I remember about two years ago, so many friends saying, I'm finding it really hard to get back into the hustle, right? Like, I don't really want to go all the way back in. And so I developed this ledger because sometimes we don't, we think relationships are strong or you're supported as the friend. And then when you take a moment to pause, you realize, actually, the relationship isn't what I thought it was wow, why did I never take a moment to pause to see if I'm really getting out of it what I need? And it's so critical because I really believe that accomplishing your goals, accomplishing your dreams is really connected to that tribe of people that you build. And so if you don't have the right people in that core group, how are you then going to get to the level you're trying to go to? You know, and I think we spend too much time talking about mentoring and networking and not enough time talking about friend touring, right? And sponsorship, but to even get yourself into a place to like meet a sponsor, it's all about time management, right? You need to have that time available to go take that meeting. And so if you do anything, any exercise in the book, I really think the most important exercises are around relationship management for sure. Mm. Okay. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, I had your whole workshop. My printer wasn't working, but you had a, a whole worksheet of like 12 pages. So I was like, oh, I should definitely do this whole thing. <laughs> I'll do it later. I'll do, it, I'll do it when I get back to a printer that works. But um, it's good just to take stock and remind yourself like, 
you know, why should I think about what art brings me joy? Like, why, you know, maybe I should just like take a pause. Like it is your life, right? If it, it's not going to get better if you don't make it better. No, and I find that like, if you're on an express train and I can only speak from experience, I've had moments in my life where I've been on an express train and I'm not able to slow down and actually say, is this what I want until almost something tragic happens? Mm. You know, and I, I talk about my dad getting sick and that was a big pause moment for me in my late thirties to really look at someone who I could tell was so fulfilled with their life and so happy and I wasn't feeling that way. And so, you know, I don't think we ever want like a dramatic event, like a pandemic to make us all pause. But I do in the book, ask you a lot of questions about yourself. And I think everyone is entitled to change their ideas about what they dream and hope for. But if you don't know what you want in this season, how do you know what you're a yes for if you don't even know what you want right now? So what in your life is like giving you joy now? Like, what have you decided to prioritize on your own time? Creative projects for sure. You know, I've always loved middle grade writing. It's just a passion. I mean, getting young readers to engage in reading, something that I think is just like reading changed my life. You know, as a tween girl, reading about worlds that I didn't live in in South Jersey just expanded my idea of what my life could be. And it was such a game changer. And so I just love writing for young readers. I love designing product. I mean, designing product for Target has been incredible. And and having, building those collections. And so I, but I realized to be in a more creative zone, I actually had to really declutter my calendar from a lot of commitments just so I had moments for more inspiration than I've ever needed before. You know, I think for so many years, I functioned as an executive, you know, where I was really like the hiring, the firing, the budgeting, and I still have those responsibilities, but there's also the creativity that has to get delivered and has to come from me. And so that has really taken a priority. And then I would say a lot of family time. You know, I'm the oldest of six. And as my niece and nephews are growing, as my parents are aging, I think I really realized it's important to prioritize. You know, I had two and a half decades where I worked crazy fast, you know, and always, you know, never wanted to say no to the board, never wanted to say no to like a new opportunity where now I feel like I'm far more picky. And I'm very grateful for that. But I also think that comes with being really aligned with what sounds good. What am I a yes for? And not just saying yes to everything that comes our way. Is there anything you've said no to afterwards that you were like, oh, that was a huge mistake? <laughs> oh, no, nothing? No, which is crazy. But I think it is because I put in the work to say, here's where, where I'm going in the next three to five years. Here's what's really important, right? So if I run it through, you know, those like do those quick tests. Is it aligned with where I want what I want to do in the next three to five years? It's going to help move these goals forward. Is it in line with my rituals that I need to do? And if it's not hitting for any of those, then it should be a no. It sounds so easy when you say it. Like it, <laughs> it sounds so clear and crisp and smart. And yet, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it in such a methodical way when like some of these things are more emotional. I'm like, maybe this, maybe that. I don't know. You could once you found success. And I think everybody has to test it and find the success. And for me, what I mean is like thinking back to what life used to feel like, like the knots in my stomach when I was running everywhere and almost late everywhere and trying to, you know, want to be present, but also thinking about the next place I had to be. When I think about that, 
I'm a very, like, I used to be a, be a researcher, right? So everything's very numbers driven for me, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, I can look at my bottom line and say, I made less money when I did that. I made way more when I did this. And it was less effort, but it was more applied, right? So I think everybody should take a moment to audit that way to say, okay, and it's not all about finances, right? I think we talk as a CEO, that's a huge part of it, but it's also about my health, right? Do I feel healthier? Do I feel better? Do I look better? And you have to take all that into consideration. And, and it is hard. I mean, I told, I, like, recreation is still a struggle for me. You know, I just went through this whole conversation in my head a couple of weeks ago when I was looking at my summer and saying, it looks a little light. And maybe I want to add in all of these things. And then I'm like, what are you doing? You know, fall is transformation. And if you skip the recreation season, nothing's going to come together. You're going to burn out before you can, you know, have the energy to power through the end of the year. But I, like, still have to give myself pep talks, even though I know this works for me. Interesting. I know it's hard with the summer. I'm like, okay, now it's time to relax. But wait, I still have all these meetings. <laughs> anyway, but... Summer is like a verb. Like we summer now. And now that we're <laughs> back in full force and we're watching people on Instagram summer, then we start to feel like we have to do more. Interesting. What's your advice for aspiring authors? Oh, goodness. First of all, I just love to read. I think it's really important to read any and everything and don't judge yourself for what you like to read. You know, I was just saying to a friend the other day, I was like trying to think of a word and it was super specific. And I was like, darn it, I need to be reading The New Yorker again. I don't know why. It's like, I just need exposure. You know, I need my vocabulary to have a bit more of exposure right now. (laughs) Um, But I would say to read as much as you can and then not judge what you write, how you write, when you write. I think that there are so many, and you and I have talked about this before, where there's like a way you have to do it. And I have defied the odds in every way possible and what that way is. So I think it's not comparing yourself to other writers and also writing about things that you like. Like you should genuinely, and that comes through when you are really interested in in the topic or what you're writing about. I feel like the reader feels that. So true. Amazing. And what do you like to read? You said you always like to read. What are you reading now? Oh, goodness. Right now I'm reading a book called Lessons in Chemistry. Oh, yeah. Super. Oh, my goodness. I am like such a fan of (laughs) this woman that the book is about. I just love her. And I love that, like, I love books that transport me to different time periods, too. You know, summer reading is always been fun for me ever since I was a tween. I felt like it was a time where I could read what I wanted to read. I still feel that way to this day. And so I can't wait to read Sunny Hostin's new book. I read her first book. And I think it was Summer on the Bluffs. Yes. And I loved it. I loved Alma. I mean, there are those characters that like stick with you. And so I can't wait to read the new one. But um, there are just so many, like, I don't know, books for women. I love thrillers. We Were Never Here was like one of my favorite books that I read last year. Lucky was great. Counterfeit was fun. Like I just like any like strong characters. I write a lot of fiction, but I read adult fiction and it's funny. I write middle grade, right? So (laughs) I always try to have that like what's feeding me and keeping me interested. And then how do I write something for younger readers that feels interesting? And then I just read tons of magazines. I love design magazine style. I do read weeklies on planes. And then is there anything I read particular? I mean, it's funny. I'm working on a travel brand right now. And I 
haven't really read a lot of travel magazines, but I love to travel. Wait, tell me about the travel brand you're building. And then I am reimagining what I hope is like really beautifully designed luggage. And there are like 15 pieces in the collection, but products that everyone needs. You know, I, I fly 100,000 miles a year. So I know a lot about living on a plane and I wanted to design a collection that was affordable, but also just really good looking stuff. And so I think we've landed it. There's a bigger announcement coming later this summer, but I've been in the world of building luggage now for almost two years. So my gosh, it's been crazy to have to learn all the things I never knew about YKK zippers and the wheels you want to have and all that stuff has been really fascinating. And so I would say I read a lot about the industry, about manufacturing and so they, you know, I kind of fell into manufacturing. And so I had a quick, I had to be a quick study, but um, it's been, it's very interesting. I, I spent a lot of my spring reading about global trade cases as it relates to US and China and tariffs. And that's not fun reading, but um, super important in my new line of work for sure. Oh my gosh. That is so exciting. Well, congratulations. I'm, I mean, all of it's just exciting and it's, it's nice to peel back the curtain and see how you do it all as opposed to just, you know, you started the book with like people asking you, do you sleep? And you're like, I mean, yes, I sleep seven and a half hours. And you don't just say somehow I do it. You you lay it out and help the rest of us. So it's really great. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. All right. Well, congrats, Tina. And um, hope to stay in touch. Okay. (laughs) All right. Bye, Tina. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 